0: So good evening. Hello, everybody. I'm MG. And I'm
1: Elizabeth Pudwell. And we are Sober Sisters Talk. So this is our podcast and we record weekly, which is really beneficial for me. We always get to catch up a little bit first and we kind of discuss what we're going to talk about with you and um what we want to share with you is the the way that you take your sobriety out into the world with you It's so easy to be sober in a meeting and when you're talking to your sponsor working with a sponsee but it becomes a little bit more challenging um you know just to to walk the walk and to take it out in the world so um that's what sober sisters talk is it's a podcast where we share with you guys our experience strength and hope and how we live in the world
0: and I like to say I don't know how to get anybody else sober I just know how I stay sober and so I feel like I want to share my own experience strength and hope with you guys and if you get some different tools or get some suggestions or get some things out of there that you want to try that's going to help you then uh, good because I feel like recovery is does not equal sobriety. I know so many people who can be sober but they're not recovered. And in AA, they call them dry drunks. And, you know, and I feel like there's a great benefit to sobriety. Listen, I don't want to knock it. I mean, if that's all you can do is be sober, then do it. That's better than nothing. But Elizabeth and I really try to, I think, send the message that sobriety is the beginning and recovery is the additional work that we all have to do in order to really experience what they say is happiness, Happy, joy, and free.
1: So, and two, like I think, um, you know, in MG and I both work in SLAA program, which is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, and is based on actually toxic relationships. And yeah, you can you know pull away from a relationship, but this the the recovery behind. Um, you know the withdrawal and this and the the removal of the relationship is it's just phenomenal from my point of view. It's changed me in so many ways and made me uh, a much better person. So, well,
0: and I believe that in in AA, like when we stop drinking, there's a physiological reaction. And I was never addicted to alcohol. I had a therapist once say to me, there's alcohol use, there's alcohol abuse, and there's alcohol addiction. But in terms of the therapeutic community, they don't believe in the concept of alcoholism. Right. And so, and she said, you know, people can use alcohol for medicinal purposes. People can use alcohol to, you know, maybe calm themselves down. But then, you know, I I did abuse alcohol, but I was never addicted to alcohol. So when I stopped drinking, I was able to stop. But with sex and love addiction, when I started doing the deal, which was no contact, which was, you know, not thinking, not fantasizing, it was excruciatingly painful. And I couldn't do it when I first got in the program. I went back out many times. Mm -hmm. And so... I read something for a book that I was reading for my book club and the quote in the book which I just loved was never make peace with anything that's trying to kill you. And I feel like this program is always trying to kill me that the addict is ready to rock and roll she's out there alive and well and in fit awesome shape. And she's ready just to if I open that door crack she's kicking it in with her steel toed boot and you know the party is on. And so I had Elizabeth as my sponsor. I chose her because I saw her working uh, AA as well as SLAA. And I saw her going to meetings. I saw her walking the talk, but you're tough, Elizabeth. You were tough and you were unequivocal about this disease will kill you. Like, you know, Ava said that as well. She's like, this disease is homicidal and suicidal. You know, you kill them and then you kill yourself. And that that resonated with me because I was in so much pain that, and I wasn't suicidal, but I didn't want to live.
1: So I think like um, where my toughness comes from is, um, yeah, that I, you know, in the peak of this addiction, I was thinking of doing things that were so far out and did things that were so far outside of my value system that it scared me. And to not do it And we talk a lot about in meetings, we share about like, you know, being in the fetal position, you know, rocking ourselves and in, in, in wailing, exactly wailing the, the crying, (laughs) you know, the body shaking heart. I mean, really heart wrenching. And, um, you know, I remember like fantasizing about keying his car. Um, you know, do doing um sabotaging other women that I thought he might, you know, and this is just like not me losing my dignity and um, the humiliations I subjected myself to, yes, and you know, really heartily considering drive bys, you know. And I was well into my forties when I was doing this, and I'm like, Sober. I'm a grown ass freaking woman. I got no business driving by some mf'er's house, right? To what? Or keen somebody's car? I'd already been in jail and done all of that stuff. I no, no. And so I knew there was this um, dichotomy, this like break in my own. Values to even be thinking that, and it was the addiction that was driving it. It was the addiction that was go do that. That sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good idea. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's going to give me some relief, you know. If I'm so fucking mad, I'm going to go key his car. That's gonna what the fuck is that going to do? Nothing. And
0: it's going to be the opposite. I mean, because if he happened to see you key his car. He could, like, you know, press charges against property damage and, you know, you it's could lose just, your job. Yeah, it's, it's just
1: a whole, yeah. It could just go on and on. So, and on. when I, when I, and by the time I worked with you, and I, we can just be you and me, when I hear, heard you, you know, dis, dis thinking, considering, you know, should I do this? No, no, fuck no. You should not because that's gonna take you back. And so the vehemence and the emotion inside of that direct statement is, um, you know, it's talking, it's really me talking to me. If I hear a woman that is really close to going back out, you know, they say that we sponsor other women Not for them. And it does, you know, when you have a sponsor that shows up for you and is, you know, towing the line and helping you through this, it feels like she's doing it for you. And it isn't that I didn't love you and I don't, I do love you and I cared about you. But the real thing is, is that, um, that is a selfish act. All of that, because I realized early on that sponsoring was for me and every direct statement, and every emotional vehement remark that I have made is not for the other person, but for me.
0: Well, it was so important to me, Elizabeth. And when you were that strong about it, and just for our listeners, I was um, gonna go to an audition where this, my last qualifier was gonna be, and this was early, early, early in my sobriety around this individual this was early in my no contact, like maybe within a month or two months or three months. And I was very protective. I didn't go to places where this individual was at. I was really having strong containment and boundaries. and uh, But there was this play that I wanted to go out to and Elizabeth was like, uh, very quietly but very strongly, she said, you know, um, if you do this, then I will consider that you've broken your sobriety and I no longer want to, I, I will no longer sponsor you. So there were going to be consequences that she was like, it's serious. So serious. Then, you know, it was like you were saying to me, it was, she was saying to me, MG, you're not
1: really in the game. You're not committed. You're not committed to this whole You're program. not committed to yourself. Right. You want to abandon everything, you know, and that I have someone else that was in that spot recently, you know, saying, you, you know, when we first started um, revisiting the program, um, she was like, I want to, I want to do a year, a year of not dating a year of just like, I want to pour myself into this and develop this and establish this. And they were all, you know, very important, very valid principles and um, three months into the game oh no I've had enough I'm good I think I could date and it's, <laughs> what happened to the commitment yeah. to you yeah. it's not to me right. it's not going to affect me if you go date you know it's like that's I'm, I'm neutral with but I urge you to go back to your commitment to yourself why did you make that commitment in the first place because you were fucking up because you don't know how to fucking date. Yeah. And not you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I do have a reputation in this program as being tough and scary and strong. And, you know, I always say that's your stuff because I don't, you know, I, I'm I am tough and I am scary and I am strong at this fucking disease. I'm not making peace with it. That scares the shit out of me. To think that I would be like, yeah, I could call him. I could go drive by, go see him. No. That would be the hugest mistake I ever made. To revisit that, no. I don't. It makes me nauseous to even
0: think about it. I mean, I'm just like, oh, it's it's a very physiological, like a... Um, anxiety thing that I have in response to even considering right. acting out because it is something that I feel like would kill me, and I feel like I have like a PTSD response almost now when I think about like dating, or you know, there have been some triggers that have come up for me, and it's about that anxiety provoking thing because I don't want to hurt myself like that anymore and I don't want to hurt another person either and even though a lot of these are like you know if you have a consensual relationship with someone that's fine it's like you're an adult they're an adult but for me it just gets so wonky so quickly and I just can't risk that and so I believe that this program and I think our first podcast was about this we did with it serious. serious this is serious and, uh, and, you know, why, why we're strong and why we're uh, unequivocal about things. And, um, and I believe, like, it doesn't really serve us just to, you know, in AA they call it half measures. Half measures availed us nothing. And so um, I've kind of, like, taken on that sort of mantra with you as well. Now, there are some of the women that I have sponsored that they have continued to slip. But if they're working
1: that yes I mean that is not the same thing it's like but you know when we were talking about it when we did that first podcast and we were talking about like how serious it is and some you know sometimes we don't express this and we don't discuss this in meetings and maybe you know I think it it only may come up in a meeting that's very intimate and maybe a gender specific or somewhere where the same people come frequently and it's very comfortable but you know the the truth is is that I was probably uh you know I was I was an inch away from drinking in yeah in the in the end of my yeah my right before withdrawal and um my qualifier and I'm our relationship ended in a rape and so those two things are extremely serious and not only did it end in a rape but it ended in a rape where i was like well he didn't mean that or he didn't you know the truth is is that he um you said no i and said he kept no and on. he kept on and that is dangerous you know i would never want any woman to experience that or to go through that and it it might not seem like your toxic relationship is life-threatening but you know you and I both have you no know, at least two women that have killed themselves over this over this disease right here in Houston in this program and that's enough right there and I can't tell you how many rapes and how many women I know that ha- that have con- contracted herpes that have You know, engaged in other behaviors, drinking, whatever, you know. So it is, it's serious. And my strength and my vocality, my, you know, when I talk about it, is geared at that. And it isn't for you. Yeah. It's for me. Yeah. I don't ever want to go back there and I will not make peace with this thing. This thing is alive and well. And the way that I keep it at bay is to do this. Right. To meet with other women, to go to meetings, to practice sobriety, to uh, maintain a spiritual connection with my higher power. Um, We were talking about that last week where, you know, working out
0: and doing, you know, like whatever it is in terms of like journaling or reading or workshops. It's like, you know, it can go on, on, on all the things that we can do for our recovery, and you do them, and you do them regularly, and uh, and I believe that that's why I think that you have as much sobriety and strength around it, and, you know, and I have seen a lot of women come and go in this program, and, and, you know, I feel like that's fine, you know, come and get some, like, you know, they say, take what you like and leave the rest, and a lot of women do that, they come in. And they get some um, tools and they get some skills and they kind of resolve some of their issues that they have going on. And I feel like they reach that plateau. Remember, you know, it was like us helping each other up. Right. To a, they reach a plateau and they're like, I, I can be comfortable here. And they go off on their lives and I'm like, okay, well and good. But for me, I know that that, you know, they they say it's cunning, baffling, powerful, and I add patient. And like surprisingly <laughs> so. Waiting. Waiting, waiting. I like the waiting. spider with yeah. the fly. <laughs> here
1: we go. I'll just sit here and wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to do a spooky podcast. What can we do? We'll do, do that first? next week. Yeah. So but you know what too though? Um oh, what was that thought I just had?
0: You were the fly, the spider and the fly. But kind of baffling
1: and powerful. So oh patient. So what it's done for me though is enabled me to see Beyond right here, like j- just the romantic relationships, and I can, you know, like practicing these principles in this situation that I went through this week. You know, um, I um, am, and I'm an I'm an assistant to a, a woman, and she took another job, and um, so there's a whole bunch of emotional stuff around that, and I have to, you know, first of all, realize that you know that's a work relationship that's not my friend you know that is a work relationship and I get to step back and revisit that and remind myself you know that is a work relationship we're not friends you know so I couldn't do that if I wasn't immersed in my program Mm -hmm. if I wasn't practicing a program Mm -hmm. I get to show up for my my daughter she's going through her own stuff and she calls me and talks about it and I can hear program in her. You know, she's never been to a meeting, but where does she get it from? You know, because I can show up for her, and teach her along the way. And she's in the other room listening when we have done these things. You know, or she's heard me on the phone, or you know, it's by osmosis. She's gotten some of it, so it doesn't just stop in in those romantic relationships.
0: Mm. Well, no, I mean, for me, it's about it has revolutionized my whole. Way of thinking because early on in uh, my training with SLAA, it was all about the thoughts. What are you thinking? Because one of my bottom lines was fantasy that I would get into fantasy about somebody. And, uh, you know, I would make up some stuff in my head and I would make it true. And it was like not based on reality. And so the thought, hy- mental hygiene, I've heard it called, is about what are the thoughts that I'm thinking. So, and that was real critical in terms of like acting out with the qualifier, but then it also has segued into law of attraction. And like, you know, if if I am thinking how much I hate a place or hate a thing, that's not law of attraction. And so I would notice myself saying these negative comments Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over again. And law of attraction has told me that if I think something like that, then I'm going to keep getting it. And it was so true. And I was like, no, no, I gotta think a different thought. Mm -hmm. So having that training in SLAA about noticing what I'm thinking, and there's this whole, it's called the New Thought Movement. I mean, Unity Church talks about it, Joyce Meyer talks about it. It's just in so many places about what are the thoughts we are thinking, that our thoughts are the first thing before it manifests. And at the beach retreat, there was a woman there Uh, who was so awesome, from the Panhandle, if you're listening, dear friend. And she talked about thoughts, feelings, and actions. And that if we have thoughts and feelings, nobody sees those. It's only when we get to the action piece of it. So be very careful about your thoughts and your feelings, because they can translate into actions. And what do we want those actions to be? Because they're informed by the thoughts. What do you want them to look like? Yes. Yes.
1: And yes. that is that, you know, it's that first thought that gets you going, you know, like, Oh, maybe I, and I always say, if it starts with maybe I you know, <laughs> throw that one back, yes, change yes. it. No, maybe not. You know? Well, and, and you know, and I get in, I'm
0: so well trained in that, that if I have a thought, or I slip into a little bit of like, oh, I wonder what, like, especially it happens to me on Facebook. I really limit my Facebook. So, and I've hidden people that I don't want to see. I haven't defriended them because, you know, I want to still keep in contact because of acting or whatever. But I hide them. And I rarely go look at Facebook. I'll do it to, like, see people's birthdays and whatever. Uh, but but I really, really limit that. But, you know, if I see somebody that's been an old qualifier and I start reading and then I'm like, oh, 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 no. Get out. And back I'll, up. Back up. I will close out Facebook. Back up, back up, I will like, you know, stand up. I'll go like take a you know, break and, you know, go get some water or have a drink and like, you know, stop that shit. No, I can't I will not do any of that. So, you know, I feel like you were um, strong with me and that's what I needed because I knew this disease had me just in its grip and I was powerless and unmanageable and i would never experienced that with my alcoholism and it was really really surprising so I really want to thank you Elizabeth for you know deciding to work with me and you know I had other sponsors I've been going around you'd seen me in the rooms for a while and uh and you know you took me and so I'm you know eternally grateful for that because of your experience strength and hope and your wisdom and your toughness you helped me to know that I can do it and I have translated that to my sponsees as
1: well right yeah thank you and you know I do want to um just mention you know I'm not for everybody I'm not the sponsor for everybody and nobody is we all need our own you know we all have our own needs but I do I, I'm I'm real aware that if a woman calls me and has an issue that it's my job to be direct because it is me that is the only thing that I really know how to be and you know there's other women that are going to be soft and well, you know maybe and I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna be very direct and um, honest you're a straight shooter as I don't we say think intentions. we have a lot of time to waste, you know, why waste the time on you know, well, why don't you try that? you know that I'm just not that way that's not that's not my style i I really suffered in this disease, and it was I had to like stop and I had to stop acting out I had to stop engaging I had to stop thinking about him I had to stop looking at him you know when he would come to my desk I had to get up and leave and leave him standing there and it broke my heart to do that I was in another cubicle shaking and sobbing while he's standing at my desk, you know, wondering if I'm going to come back or whatever. I don't care, though. I had to do that in order to break Keep that your job cycle. job, because you need yes. to your job. Yes.
0: Because, you know, have we said that, talked about your story about you being a convicted felon? Have we? I think I we mentioned a little bit about it. I think maybe about, about, it, the, it, about the voting thing. I think a little yeah. bit. But, you know, I, I, I make up, Elizabeth, that, you know, and today I feel like you could go out and get a job, no problem. But... At that time, there were a lot of women that you had said, encouraged you to stop working there. Stop working with your qualifier. And you said, no, I need this job. This is a good job. I'm not going to give up my job for this guy. right? And, you know, there were some, I I can see, I've heard other people talk about, not you, but other people like, well, she needs to do this and she needs to do that. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, aren't you taking their inventory? And I do the same thing. Please don't get me wrong. And because uh, sometimes it's so easy to view somebody out in the world and to see very clearly what what they need to be doing, and it's not so clear for me to look at myself right. and know what to do. But, you know, I, it, it, was, it was a challenge for you to continue in that job because you did get to see this individual, and you had to work through those emotions. Right. And I mean, and you've worked through that with me, where it was like I had a male friend that was like, Um, And you were like, you can still have this person as your friend, but they're going to trigger you. And if you can push through that and know that it's going to happen, then okay, you can do it. And they did, and I worked through it, and it was because of your experience where it was like, yes, you can continue to do that. It's going to be a huge challenge, but you were able to make it through, and he eventually left that company. So, um, you know, you did prevail. and you kept your career
1: yes and i get and i'm still there today and so you know i just want to encourage you to look for other ways maybe that uh, the principles can help you other relationships that need it um other you know and sponsor sponsor somebody if you're on step five if you've done step five you're ready to sponsor and you you know i highly recommend you do that that will save your ass right if you are sitting there telling you 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 heard how emotional i got when i was first talking about this and telling you know somebody you know whoever it is um you know vehemently and strongly you know that i'm really talking to myself and i forever find myself stating what it is that i need to hear to a sponsor sponsee
0: right right right. and uh and And I actually heard that at the most recent, I don't know if it was a Texas conference or where it was, but that was like a part of like the message that was going around is that you don't have to be finished with your steps. You can, you know, uh, if you're just a little bit further along, and I know that you like to have step five because, you know, that's really the lion's share of the work. And I believe that a four step can be traumatic to a certain degree. Uh, a first step can be traumatic. It can be... All of them yeah, can yeah. be kind of traumatic.
1: Nine is kind of like overwhelming, you know, but... Sure,
0: sure. But I feel like you've gotten enough under your belt that you can um, be ready to sponsor someone at that time. And uh, and then you know, in AA, they do it very quickly. But for SLAA, I recommend that you work it with your sponsor. And I personally want my sponsee to, to set the pace if they want to push, push, let's go, let's do it, I'm ready, you know, you do your work, I'll hear it, and uh, and then there are some people that, you know, they'll sit on their four step for a year or whatever, I'm like, okay, I don't recommend that, but uh, okay, if that's what you need to do, if you feel like you can't push through the work, I, I make suggestions and, I'm, and I do encouragement, it's like, I encourage you to do this, I suggest that you do that, but they're driving the bus. It's their program. Right. If they want to um, go full speed ahead, let's do it. If they want to. Uh, and then I'm with one person. I'm We work through the steps. It's been about a year. And she wants to do them again. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. And I don't know, is the new STEP workbook out on the fellowship-wide service? Do you know if that's out or not? I don't know. Now?
1: But this is a really good resource as we wrap up to go to fwsslaa.org. And all of the resources that we have are there. Um, I believe some you have to order. I, you can download the book, though, and read it that way on Kindle. Um, but there's brochures there's um the book that um, mg is mentioning is a it's a step workbook and you can work it with a sponsor highly recommended not to do it by yourself but um you can order that on the website and it they'll s- send it right to you and use a credit card and um you can do the steps through that and you know it doesn't matter how you do them it just matters that you do them right get a sponsor and do them find somebody that you can you know, I, I poo-poo the idea, like, find the best person. Find somebody and start. It does not have to be the best person. You just need to start. You know, that's my belief around it.
0: Well, and as you go along, I always say this, is that, you know, as I work with sponsees, and I read the steps, and I go through all this, it's a great reminder for me. Right. And uh, And I've gone to the beach retreat twice in a row, and you do like, you know, you work through the steps the whole weekend, you know, 12 steps, you do that work. And for now, not a lot comes up, but there's still always some stuff to mine. Right. And so I continue to do that work. And it's what I know that works for me. And what I say, figure out what works for you to make yourself happy, joyous and free.
1: We appreciate
0: you. Thank you so much for listening to us. There might be only four people out there, but we love
1: you so much. We do. And it helps us. You know, I hope it's helping someone else, but I will tell you this much. It helps me. So you can find more from us on our website, Com. If you heard something you want to know more of, if you want to suggest a topic, if you want to tell us, give us feedback, um, do it gently and nicely. But directly, <laughs> and I did get some feedback. You did I, on our last podcast
0: um, when we were joking about like what men are good for. You know, I said just for moving stuff. You know, and we were being a little bit flippant, I think. And so let's just say to our dear listeners that you know men are fantastic. We love men. I we have love two men. grown men sons, so right, and and they are worth more than just moving
1: equipment. So yes, that, and m- I would never man bash seriously no. I love men I really right, do right. We, but we do joke and, and we have an intimate relationship so we could right, you right. know definitely go there with any comment <laughs> you know flippancy but um, you can email us at sober sisters, uh, talk at gmail.com and um, we just encourage you if you do like if you are listening to like and share us so that your friends can see us um, we do want to spread the word as much as possible we're on Facebook so uh, when you go on Facebook, search for Sober Sisters Talk, you'll find
0: us. And then we're also on YouTube, Sober Sisters Talk. So uh, subscribe to us when you go there, and, uh, and we would love to uh, hear from you as well. Okay, thank you. Thanks for
1: listening.